0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Yes, my name is Jimmy. I am the campus pastor, co-campus pastor with my wife, my beautiful wife that leads worship and puts up with me on a daily basis. I mean, that's... Clap worthy for her. Um, Oh, it's a process uh, dealing with me. But um, for those of you who do know, I don't typically wear a suit. I don't typically wear uh, at least a suit jacket. Um, And this is serving kind of two purposes today. One, and I'm explaining this to you because I want you guys to understand the heart behind what my message is today and where it's coming from the the perspective that i am uh the position that i am coming from god really said show them the father's heart today um talk to them he gave me this vision of me just standing up here as a father talking to my kids and that's kind of weird for me because i know a lot of you i could you know not a lot you but some of you you're older than me even honestly i feel like there's people that I can look in this room and even maturity wise i feel like our more mature than me. So how, how do I stand in front of you as a father and teach you anything? In the youth, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. I'm older than everybody in the youth, all my leaders, all the kids, like that, that's not an issue for me. Uh, it was a little more difficult for me today. And so this jacket, one, actually kind of twofold. I bought this for the serve team party. It's the first jacket I've ever bought myself. So I need to get my money's worth out of this. Um, Because if I only wear it once a year to the serving team party, then I overpaid for it. But also this morning, I'm trying to, I thought about my dad. And my dad, every Sunday, he was a pastor for many years. And even growing up, he was a deacon at our our church growing up. He always wore a suit jacket. Uh, He usually had, you know, a button up and a tie. And I didn't, I wanted to be a little more comfortable than that. morning uh, but he always he always had a suit jacket on and so when I pictured my earthly father like this is what I saw so I'm like hey and I get to wear my jacket again so kind of you know two birds there so know that I am coming to you this morning as a father and I believe as a father of this house Um, the title of my sermon today is pain is inevitable And when I wrote, you know, really just the few notes that I have in the scriptures, like, this is not necessarily something that is always the funnest thing. In church, we grow up and, like, everything's great and God is great and just go out and win the loss and this. And, you know, the the enemy is defeated. He's under our feet, which is all true. But there's pain in the process. I have yet to meet anybody in person, read about them online, anybody in history who has not experienced some sort of physical or emotional pain or trauma. I don't know of that person that that exists. Jesus Himself, the the, the spotless Lamb, the Man with no sin, experienced an extreme, experienced an amount of pain that. I'm quite certain nobody in here is ever going to even come close to And he didn't deserve any of it. I've experienced some pain in my life that I unfortunately deserved. When I was um, about 10, 11 years old, uh, does anybody, is anybody familiar with the game slug bug? Slug bug, punch buggy. Some people call it punch buggy. We call it slug bug. It's where if you see a Volkswagen Beetle then, and you're in the car with somebody, you yell slug bug and you get to punch that other person. Me and my cousins used to play it all the time when we were in the car and I would even see my uncles play it with each other when they were older. Well, there was one time where I was in the car by myself with my Uncle Peter and I love my Uncle Peter. If he sees this, Uncle Peter, know that my heart is coming from a place of love (laughs) and forgiveness. Uh, but my uncle Peter was awesome. He meant so much. He means so much to me in my life. He, he taught me a lot of things growing up. I spent a ton of time at his house, um, growing up with my cousins and with him. And my uncle Peter, the thing about him is he didn't do anything halfway just because you were little, just because if we played basketball or especially Monopoly, he was always the banker and somehow always won, uh, no matter what he, we did, he was going to teach us through that, usually through his dominance, uh, whether in basketball, football, anything. Like, he was going to teach us something through this. And so one day, we're in the front, we're, I'm riding around with him, we're uh, running some errands or doing something, and I'm in the front seat, and I see a slug bug. So I turn around, and I just punch him right in the arm. And he looks at me, he goes, you want to do this? And I was like (laughs) 11 years old, feeling big that day. I'm like, yeah, let's play. He goes, are you sure? I'm like, let's do this. We drove around and he saw every stinking slug bug possible that was made on this earth and was just nailing me over and over again, just punching me, slug bug, punching me. And it started to hurt. And he was asking, he was like, you want to quit? I'm like, no, I'm not going to quit. I don't doubt that he kept driving far beyond wherever our destination actually was just to find more of them. And he kept punching me in my arm. Then he started punching me in my leg and my arm was starting to hurt real bad. And no, I started crying. I was 11 years old. Like it was hurting. He was like, do you want to stop? And I'm like, no. No, I don't want to stop playing with you because I was waiting, I was was gonna nail him, I was gonna hit him with everything I had in me. I was enduring pain, pain that I could have stopped. He offered to stop it. I was like, no, I'm gonna get my chance, I'm gonna punch him, I wanted to punch him in the face because I was hurt so bad, but I knew I'd get in trouble for that. So I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm gonna punch him with everything I got in me. And then finally, I see a slug bug, I don't doubt that he just felt bad. I'm sure he saw it first. But I saw it and so I yelled slug bug and I go and I put everything I got into it and I punch him as hard as I can. Doesn't phase him at all. It, I can guarantee you it hurt my hand more than it hurt his arm. And then he gets me back one more time and I'm still crying a little bit and he's like, you wanna stop? I'm like, yes, please. We gotta, we gotta stop this game for the health of my own arm we have to stop this game. I chose to put myself in a painful position. I could have stopped it at any time. He wasn't just hitting me to hit me. I asked to play this game. I put myself in that position, in that car, knowing that he's way bigger than me, way stronger than me, and probably knew where there was some Beatles parked. In the area just so he could get me self-inflicted pain there's a couple different types of pain that I'm going to talk about today but that was I was doing that to myself I was hurting myself because my pride I was hurt so I wanted to hurt him he hurt me so I was gonna make darn sure that I hurt him And the reality of it was that at 10 years old, there's not really much I could have done to hurt him. I didn't have the strength in my body to hurt this full-grown man. But my anger and my pride, even at 10 years old, clouded my judgment. And I endured pain so I could hopefully inflict pain to somebody else. And that's, that's a position that the enemy wants us in every single day. The enemy, he's got one job. Steal, kill, destroy. That's where he wants you. If he can catch you in a time where somebody has hurt you, and you stay angry enough with that, then he's he's got you already. He said, all right, now let's go hurt somebody else. Let's transfer that pain either back to that person or to somebody else to get it off of you because you're not dealing with it properly. When I started preparing this, God said, sit them down and with a father's heart, tell them how to deal with the inevitability of pain, whether you cause it or somebody caused it to you. And one of the scriptures that, really the main scripture that God had given me, Luke 23, 32-34. It says, two criminals were led away with Jesus, and all three were to be executed together. When they came to the place known as the skull, the guards crucified Jesus, nailing him to the cross between the two criminals. When they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. The soldiers, uh, after they crucified him, gambled over his clothing. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. This is what I want you guys to take away today. How powerful this prayer is right here. Because no matter what has happened to you, it took me a minute to really understand this. Like, How did they not know what they were doing to Jesus? I mean, in the time that I've been alive, I've been hurt a lot. I've been, I've been in church since I was six years old, in ministry since I was six years old, in one shape, form, or another. I was in the youth group, in leadership, playing the drums at a very early age. Everything that I've done has kind of been accelerated in ministry. Me and Gigi have traveled. I've been a part of many churches uh, just even in the 19 years that we've been married. And I can tell you, I've been hurt every single time. Even in this church, I've been hurt. In the first gathering, I, I used, uh, Angela had sang something, uh, there's a banner of love over you, and as I was kneeling down, I look at this stage. See, there's things written all on the stage. I look at this stage, and right where I'm sitting, it says, His love is a banner over you. And I'm like, that's that's for me. That has to be for me. I know she's singing it over everybody, but that has to be for me. Every Sunday I look at all this. I, I know where my daughter's stuff is written, I know where my wife's stuff is written. I look at so many. Sometimes I'll take a picture. And send it to the person who wrote it, hopefully as an encouragement. But you know what? Some of these people aren't here anymore. And it hurts me every time I look at it. Because I know that a lot of it was birthed out of pain. This is not a perfect church. There is not a perfect church. But we strive every day our leadership grows together every day i know that this now it's not a perfect church but this is probably the healthiest church that i've ever been a part of because our leadership here i tell you i've never seen anything function a true apostolic fivefold function we have real accountability we have real conversations we have tough conversations sometimes we have loud conversations But we love each other, we honor each other, we respect each other through that. But even here, yeah, I've experienced pain and I know I've hurt people. Pain is inevitable. So even in the church realm, I'm like, all right, Jesus, how can I honestly pray this? How can I pray, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing? Because you know what? Some, if not most of the people that have hurt me in my life, And this, I'm sure, is true for you. They knew darn well what they were doing. These soldiers, see, in the Passion, uh, in one of the footnotes, it says that as Jesus, as they nailed him to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. As they gambled for his clothes, Father, forgive them. As they beat him, as they spat on him, they say, we don't actually know how many times Jesus prayed over the people crucifying him and persecuting him. Father, forgive them. There's no definite time, but it was multiple prayers over and over again. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They had a job. Like, let's be real. These soldiers, they were trained to do this. They did not wake up that morning and think, ooh, I wonder how do we crucify somebody? What happens if I hit somebody this hard with a whip? They were trained to do this. They knew exactly what had to happen to get those three men on that cross. So, Father, what? Forgive them for they know not what they're doing. They knew exactly what they were doing. I've had people in my life that knew exactly what they were doing when they hurt me. Now, let's take a little bit of a wrap uh, sidebar here there's also the pain of people that they've hurt you so they've hurt me and they didn't know it it was unintentional pain it was not too long ago i told us in the first gathering i was getting some oil at AutoZone. Gigi and the girls are in the car and the guy behind the counter made fun of my hair He he's and and it wasn't, like, on the nose, but some of his comments, he was, like, he asked me, like, are you in the military? I'm, like, no. He was, like, man, I ain't seen a haircut like that in forever. He was, like, unless you have to have that haircut. I'm, like, what the heck? And I come out, and I told Gigi, I'm, like, she's, like, what's wrong? I was, like, these guys made fun of my hair in AutoZone. And so now I can't imagine what Gigi's thinking. Like, you went into an auto store and came out and you're complaining about your hair. Like what actually is happening inside of here? But it did, it hurt my feelings. Like just being real, it hurt my feelings. I don't think he intended it. I don't think, he didn't know me personally. It's not like he had a personal attack, like somebody's gonna come in here today, and I'm gonna hurt, them. I'm gonna make fun of somebody's hair today. If he did, then he's, he's got his own issues. But I don't think it was intentional. There's been many times where I know I've built things up in my head that somebody said, somebody's done, that they, ha- that they didn't do. They didn't say hi to me when they walked by. They're talking to somebody else and not me today. They didn't compliment, whatever. Unintentional pain. i tell you, that type of pain is useless. If you are holding on to that, that is absolute garbage. Because if nobody intentionally was trying to hurt you, and they have gone about their day now, and they're not giving a second thought to it, you shouldn't either. You shouldn't either. You need to throw that away, and it's hard. And why sometimes that's even harder is because you've now made all of this up in your own head. You've made up all these scenarios now, and this pain is just going to start eating you, and there's not even anybody to talk to. I don't know the AutoZone guy. I can't confront him now. I'm going to keep you in my haircut, Renzo-rific, and hey, we're, gonna, we're doing it. Thank you. Unintentional pain, get rid of that. And I'm going to tell you how in a minute. But back to, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The people that intentionally hurt you. How can Jesus pray, forgive them for they don't know what they do when they know what they're doing? If we're supposed to imitate Christ, how do I imitate that with a clear conscience, knowing, no, they full and well knew what they were doing to hurt me? God gives us Galatians 5, through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and these last two, I feel really apply to this. Gentleness and self-control. Against them there is no law. Gentleness and self-control. So much of forgiveness, so much of this is easily dealt with with self-control. I need to control myself on this. I need to control how affected I am. Especially for unintentional pain, that's completely self-control. You need to say, no, that is not true about me. I am not going to let that into my mind or into my heart. Father, forgive them because they really didn't know what they were doing. Father, help me to forgive them because they don't know what they were doing. Now, for the ones that are intentionally hurting you, the intentional pain, Jesus saw these soldiers through God's eyes. He saw them. We, every single person, you have ever met was created in the image of God, right? Every single person sitting here created in the image of God, right? If we honestly believe that, if somebody is not operating in the fruit of the spirit, if somebody is not operating in these things, then to get mad at somebody who is operating out of their God-given mind That's going to do nothing but hurt you, and that's never going to help that person come into the calling that God has on their life. Jesus was so confident and knew what his mission was. He knew what he was called to do on this earth. He knew he was going to that cross. He knew that they were going to beat him and put him on that cross. And knowing that, he knew when he looked at them, he said, you are not operating the way God called you to operate You are not walking in the footsteps of the Father. Most people don't even know. Most of the people in your life that are going to hurt you have no idea what their, their call is. They have no idea that they are not walking in the fruit of the Spirit. They can't know that or they've had a serious momentary lapse of their identity because if they did, they would come back to this and say, that was not love, joy, peace, patience. That was not any of this. Definitely not gentleness. I was not using self-control when I hurt you. To get mad at somebody for doing that is like getting mad mad at a child that you give them the keys and then expect them not to crash your car. You give a a six-year-old the keys, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to hurt themselves, and they're going to hurt somebody else. You cannot expect that from people who don't know who God is, who, don't, who aren't around this type of community. But there are so many people out there that because they've been hurt, they want to hurt you, and they don't have this around them. They don't have this type of community. They don't have this type of worship, this type of. They don't know the love of the father. It is the love of the father. I'm convinced that that is the reason why Jesus was able to look down as he was beaten to look more like a worm than a man. And he was able to look down at them and say, I forgive you, father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Because they are out of their God given mind right now. That is how we release people. That is how we forgive them. That is how we release ourselves from anger, from pain, from judgment. We're supposed to imitate Christ. We, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He said that repeatedly. I don't know the exact time for him. I don't know how long it took them from when they first started beating him to when they crucified him and he gave his last breath. I know it wasn't days, it wasn't weeks, like it was. They were hurting him. He repeatedly was saying, Father, forgive them. More pain. Father, forgive them. I guarantee you're not gonna go through anything that traumatic in your life. I'm sorry. If you think that you've gone through something that compares with Jesus as a man being crucified and ripped apart on the cross. Thank God that because he did that, no, you ain't ever going to have to go through that type of pain. But what was he teaching us in that? He wasn't just doing that for us. He was giving us a model of forgiveness. He was showing us how to tap into the Father's heart. He was showing us that in the worst of circumstances, for something that I did not deserve, I released them from punishment, and I say, Father, forgive them. We have to be the first ones to do that. If we really want the lost to be found, lost people are going to hurt you. They don't know any better. They are in survival mode. People, everybody that's not in the church, most people that are not in the church, they are in survival mode. They want, they're protecting them and theirs, and that's it. That's not God's mind. My heart breaks when I see somebody else hurt. God has given me an extra dose of the Father's heart. As soon as I became the youth pastor here, and I actually, I said, yes, I will do this. He really gave me an extra. He told me, he's like, I'm going to show you the Father's heart so you can show it to them. And it has spilled over into everything else that I do. And so when I see the world hurting themselves and hurting other people, I'm like, you just don't know any better. Honestly, they're trying to do what they think is the best for them at that moment. And they will never know better if we can't adopt what Jesus did on the cross. Father, forgive them. Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Is it harder for the ones that are in the church? Yeah. The people in church that are hurting you? The people that, had, that know the truth and are hurting you? Absolutely. Because you feel like they should know better. You know the truth. Why are you still doing this? Same rules apply. Jesus said, Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Lost, found, found free. There's a lot of found people that haven't completely been set free yet. And you know what? It's because a lot of them just don't know. They haven't experienced it yet. And you know why? I believe a big part of it, and we haven't provoked them to jealousy yet. We haven't provoked them to a righteous jealousy for them to say, I want that. That relationship that you have with the father, I want that. That relationship that you have with your spouse, I want that. That looks healthy. That looks amazing. Provoke them to righteous jealousy. The world is all about, they will provoke each other to anger all day long. Let's provoke them to jealousy. Let's give them something to desire. My man, Matt, right here, that dude provokes me to jealousy every Sunday. I want to worship like that. I want to worship like Matt. That is what the world needs. Our forgiveness should provoke them to jealousy. Because not only will it release them, but when they see that we've been hurt and that we're still okay, because just like Jesus... (laughs) And this is, just, this is just a Jimmy thought. I don't know. This isn't theological, isn't it? I, I think Jesus died with a smile on his face. Because he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew, this is the price I need to pay for you. And even in this, I'm going to show you the way of, hey, forgive them. The ones that stole my clothes. The ones that put these thorns on my head. The ones that beat me to a pulp. When you know who you are, and even more so when you really know who they are, everything will make you happy. Everything will make you forgiveness, even as they cause you pain, will bring you joy. That is what will provoke this angry world to to righteous jealousy. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored. and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.